turn to 1 Peter as our ushers receiving our offering. Nine times in 1 Peter, the word glory is used. Everybody say glory. I want you sometime this week to take your Bibles, whether on your iPhones, your iPads, your computers, the hard copy. I want you to look for every time the word glory is used. You say, Pastor, show me. No, all you got to do is Google it. And you say, amen. One of the beautiful things about living in this day and age, I don't have to answer any questions anymore. I just say, Google it. Just Google it. Just Google it. So nine times in the book of 1 Peter, the word glory is used. Everybody say glory. And I believe that the body of Christ presently is living in a season and in a time of glory. And we see here that the word Peter refers to the word glory because he felt it, he saw it, he was changed by it as Jesus was transfigured in Mark chapter 9. He was in the presence of the Lord. And we see that Moses himself refers to the glory of God in Exodus 33:18, when Moses said this, this has been my prayer recently, Lord, show us your glory. How many of you know that's a good prayer, isn't it? Lord, please show us your glory. We need the Lord to show us the glory of God. You say, what is the glory of God? Well, the glory of God is the weight of God's presence. It is the manifest presence of the Lord that wants to come upon people's lives to change them. It is something you can sense, it is something you can feel, and it is something that you can experience. The United States Church, including this one, we need Jesus, and we need His presence in the glory of God. I've learned something after pastoring for 40 years. All the churches we have in America, all the great messages we have in America, all the great worship teams we have in America, all the wonderful video screens we have in America, all the wonderful technology we have in America. It is wonderful and it is great, but I found something out. Not one of those things ever saves a life. Not one of those things ever heals a body. Not whenever one of those things delivers people from alcohol and from drugs. You say, what is it? The presence of the Lord and Jesus Christ himself. We need to pray what Moses prayed. Lord, please show us your glory. In Exodus chapter 33 this morning, I was reading just a little bit before I came into church, and Moses looked at the Lord and said, Lord, I know you've called me to lead the children of Israel up out of Egypt, but he said this. You can look it up yourself, Exodus 33, 18. He said, if, you're, if you aren't with us and if your present is, presence isn't with us, I'm not going to lead the children of Israel up. And I said to the Lord this morning in all humility, I said, Lord, if you're not going to be in our church services over the next few years, if we're just going to have people come in and out, preach the word, and they're dry and dull, whatever, then guess what? We might as well close the door. God, you got to be there this morning because if you're there this morning, people will be saved, people will be touched, people will be healed, people will be encouraged, people will receive wisdom, people will receive instruction. How many of you know it's all about Jesus and his glory? Come on, everybody give the Lord praise. It's all about Jesus and his glory. Everybody shout out, Lord, show us your glory. Lord, show us your glory. Turn with me to the book of Luke, if you would, please, to the book of Luke chapter 7. The book of Luke chapter 7. You can sense it, you can feel it, you can experience it, and you can see the effects of the glory of God. One man said this, without the manifestations and the presence of the supernatural power of God, Christianity is like any other religion, and that is true. But I got good news for you. Christianity isn't like any other religion. It's not like the religion of the Hindus. It's not like the religion of Buddhism. How many of you are glad that Christianity is different from all those other religions? You say, why? Because Jesus is alive, and Jesus is present, and Jesus can heal, and Jesus is coming back soon. And everyone in here, myself included, we need more as we go and live in these day and age that we live in. Man, the day and age that we live in is so weird and so crazy. It's just unbelievable. And I don't know about you, but I need the Lord in His presence now more than I have ever needed it before. I believe when we come into the house of the Lord, we got to have more than a routine. We got to have more than a program. Nothing weird, nothing off balance. How many of you know we need Jesus? We need his word. We need his presence. We need the Father. We need the Son. We need the Holy Spirit. What a day we live in. 
and we can see that the glory of God is being manifested here at CCWC, the amount of people that are getting fed, the amount of people that are getting healed, the amount of people that are getting touched. I was looking here. Somebody handed this to me uh, for helping hands what happened in July. I mean, this is the Lord. There were 206 families that were served with food and clothing. That is 730 people were fed through helping hands. There were 56 homeless meals given out. There were 62 salvations. There were nine rededications. Two people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Ten people were prayed for to receive healing and got doctor-verified healing. They gave Volunteer Way a soup kitchen, 89 bags of clothes and shoes, another organization, 10 bags of children's clothes and baby foods. Why are you saying that? Because it's the effects of the glory of the Lord. Um, if you know when the glory of the Lord is moving, you see a lot of things occurring and a lot of things that are happening. Can you say amen? And you know what? Most of these things are occurring. No, that's wrong. All of these things are occurring because our prayer meetings are growing. And uh, the ushers right now, they're going to be passing around prayer, corporate prayer sign-up sheets. We're going to do it all of August. And we want you to sign up to the corporate prayer meeting that you can come to. The newest one is Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. And we uh, that thing's growing, man. We had 40 to 50 people in that 6 a.m. corporate prayer meeting. So our ushers, they, are go they got the glory of God on them, so I know they're going to find the sign-up sheets. And they're going to pass those out. And uh, as they do, sign up for a corporate prayer meeting. Because how many of you know, the more we pray, the more God will do. Can you say amen? Here in Luke chapter seven. We see that John the Baptist was in prison. Let's start in verse 11. It happened the day after that Jesus went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and there was a large crowd that followed him. A large crowd would be hundreds of thousands of people always following Jesus. And when Jesus came near the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man being carried out. He was dead physically, and he was dead spiritually. So he did not know Christ as his personal Savior and Lord. How many of you know the worst thing to happen to a human being is not death? The worst thing to happen to a human human being is to die without the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because you miss heaven. This man was on his way to hell. This man was going to miss heaven. This man was dead physically and spiritually. He was being carried out of the city, but only the son of his mother, she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, don't cry, don't weep. Then he came, and he touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. He stopped the whole funeral procession and he who was dead sat up and began to speak and he presented himself to his mother what happened to that young man that young man was totally healed that young man was totally raised from the dead and that man was born again through the blood of the lord and savior jesus christ isn't that awesome the glory of god touched him and fear came upon everyone, verse 18. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things, and John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you. Remember, John's in prison at this time. And John sent two of his disciples to Jesus. Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and he gave blind, those who were blind gave them sight. And Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, that the lame walk, that the lepers are cleansed, I don't hear any amens, that the deaf hear, that the dead are raised, that the poor have the gospel preached to them. You can see the effects of the glory of God. Just think if everybody here in second service, if the glory of God would be upon you, if the glory of God would rest on you, just think what would happen if we went out to our community and carried the glory of God to the grocery stores, to the tennis courts, to the golf, golf area 
areas, to our leisure time, to our families, to our friends, to our apartment complexes, to the communities that are out there. How many of you know there'd be tons of people saved, healed, delivered, and changed for the glory and honor of the Lord? Come on, everybody give the Lord praise. Would you do it? Thank you, Lord, for the glory and honor of the Lord. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. We can't keep the glory of the Lord to ourselves. The glory of the Lord is there. It's present. It's here for us. And we see here in the Bible, we see here in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 24, in verses 29 through 30, we see that clouds in the Bible most of the time represent the glory of the Lord. Now, sometimes as you're reading your Bible and you just read the word clouds, it's going to talk just about a cloud that's in the sky. But many of the times, it refers to the glory and honor and splendor and majesty of the Lord. So clouds in the Bible most of the time represent the glory of the Lord. So guess what the spiritual weather forecast is today? Cloudy all day. Isn't that awesome? Cloudy all day. Not partly cloudy, but cloudy all day. So here in Matthew 24 and verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the... They will see the Son of Man coming on what? That's the glory of God. Look at this. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power. And look at these next two words. I got an underline in my Bible. Clouds of power and great glory. I just don't want to see glory. I want to see great glory in our lives, in our church services, on our kids. Because how many of you know it's only the glory of God that will change your life, that will change my life, that will make a difference in the world, that will make a difference in our community. Church services won't do it. Churches won't do it. But how many of you know the glory and the splendor and the honor and the majesty and the power and the great glory of the Lord can change anyone in anything. Anybody need anything from the Lord this morning? Can I see your hand lifted up? You needed some, something from the Lord. His glory is here. Reach out and get it. Reach out and get it. Leave this morning saying, I not only heard the word, I not only was worshiping the Lord, but man, the pain that was in my arm, it's not there anymore. The sickness, I was feeling so sick, it's not there anymore. Guess what? That headache that I had, there was a woman here already in second service. She had migraine headaches. She dropped to the floor we prayed for, and she goes, they're completely and totally gone. And I said, I told her, you are not going to have those headaches anymore. No more migraine headaches are going to torment you, because she said, they're tormenting me. But how many of you know the glory and the majesty and the power of the Lord. i got to correct myself. The great glory of the Lord can heal and change and touch your life right now. Come on, receive it in Jesus' name. The reason Jesus is returning with great glory is because the glory of God will destroy all of Israel's enemies. The great glory of the Lord will save the entire nation of Israel. The great glory of the Lord will fill the entire earth when Jesus rules and reigns. Habakkuk 2 says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The great glory of the Lord will renovate the entire earth and make a brand new earth. The great glory of the Lord will cast the devil into the lake of fire. The great glory of the Lord will wipe out all evil and wipe out all sin forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You say, Pastor Strayer, how do you know that the Lord is coming back? Because of all the signs that we see in the Bible. 
Did you read this morning? I got on the internet. I get on it every day, but this morning before church, just to stay relevant. And now there was another mass murder in Dayton, Ohio. I don't know if you read that this morning. Not talking about El Paso last night. This morning, early this morning, there was a mass murder. So far, 10 people are dead. I think about 19 are wounded. And then El Paso yesterday, 20 people killed in a Walmart. You're just going to Walmart like all of us do, or to Target, wherever. We go into a Walmart. This guy went in, and guess what? He was in there for 20 minutes. That's not a knock on anybody. He was in there for 20 minutes, and as soon as I heard that, I said, there's going to be a lot of casualties. I wish not. 20 people now are dead. Some are getting ready to die. They see in the hospital, I think like 30 are wounded. You say, Pastor, what in the world is happening? God's people, can I have your eyes for a second? The Bible says, as in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man be. And one of the main characteristics of the time of Noah was violence. You say, Pastor, why is all this happening? And I wish it wouldn't be happening. As the days of the Lord get closer and closer and closer, and as mankind turns away from the Lord more and more and more, there's going to be more violence that is there. But how many of you are glad that we have the answer for our community and for our nation? It's the Lord and His presence. Come on, give the Lord praise. It's the Lord and His presence. The corruption, as in the days of Noah. Why all the corruption in both political parties and in our nation, in the church? In this, it's all over the place in this, all these systems. You know why? As in the days of Noah. Noah's generation was corrupt. Noah's generation was violent. It says, as in those days, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Lord. Earthquakes out in California. A lack of respect for authorities. May nobody here that is associated with Calvary Chapel Worship Center ever throw anything on a policeman or a policewoman. It is not proper. It is not right. We need to respect. There's one person who believes that. We need to respect all authority. Can you say amen? There's another person that believes that way back there also right up here. Oh, it's contagious. It's kind of going all over the place. Respect authority. Respect authorities. It says there'll be great hatred between races and people. Where does it say that? Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. The hatred toward Israel and the Jewish people, all the anti-Semitic talk that is going on. But guess what? One of the greatest signs of the Lord coming back is that there's going to be an outpouring of His glory and His presence and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going to come. In the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verses 1 to 9, Haggai, when the Israel got back from captivity, he said, rebuild the temple. The old temple had been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians because of Israel's disobedience. But when Haggai got back, he said, the old temple is gone, but I want you to build a new temple. And Haggai said, the glory of the Lord was present in the old temple. The glory of the God did rest upon the priests at that time. But I'm here to tell you, Israel, that that the new temple and the glory of God that is going to rest on the new temple is going to be greater than the glory of God that is resting on the old temple. I got news for you, Calvary Chapel Worship Center. If you think good things have been happening up to this day, the glory that is going to come to CCWC and the body of Christ is going to be greater in the days ahead than in the days that have been in the past. Get ready for the move of God. Come on, do you want to be a part of it? That's not everybody. Come on, do you want to be a part of what God's doing in these last days? Turn to somebody and say, the glory of God is here. The glory of God is here. The glory of God is here. Now, one of the things I've found out, you know what? I've almost been pastoring for 50 years, and I'm only 33. 
So I don't look too bad for 30. How many? I don't look too bad for 33, do I? I just heard somebody over here saying, lion, lion. Do you realize that believers can form clouds? Believers can form clouds. Isn't that awesome? Now, we're not talking about clouds where it's going to rain from physical rain. We're talking about the glory of the Lord. Remember, clouds represent the glory of God most of the time. And the Lord wants everybody this morning to get wet. Because as you form a glory cloud over your life, spiritual rain begins to come out of that glory cloud, and he changes your life. Isn't that awesome? Nobody said amen, so i got to say it again. Isn't that awesome? So we have two types of born-again believers in every church. This one, and no matter what church we would go to, I'm not putting churches down. I'm just saying it's true. We have a bunch of people this morning in this service that are soaking wet with the presence of the Lord. And we have a bunch of people that love the Lord, and they are saved, but they're dry. But the Lord doesn't want you to be dry. The Lord wants you to form a glory cloud over you that the glory of the Lord, that the reign of God will come down on you and you will live a wet Christian life. And guess what? You can take that glory cloud every place you go. It's not just for a church service. The glory cloud that is on you and the presence of the Lord that is upon you, you take it to Publix, you take it to Pizza Hut. I, can't, I shouldn't start saying certain places. I'll get an email. You didn't talk about Burger King. That's where I work. Take it every restaurant. Take it every place you go. Take it to your family. Take it to your neighbors. Take it to your friends. Take it to the apartment complexes. And guess what will happen? Salvations, deliverance, baptizing the Holy Spirit. And by the way, on Thursday nights, I, I wish all of you would come on Thursday nights. I do. I'd like you to look and see what you're doing from 7 to 8.30. We're talking about 90 minutes on a Thursday night. And so if you examine your life and you're just sitting there saying, well, really, when I get home, we've already eaten dinner. I'm watching SpongeBob SquarePants during that time. Well, you know what? Why don't you come to the house, Lord? How many of you know you'll get a little bit more out of the Bible? I've been teaching on... I tell you, we are really growing on Thursday night. It's getting, it's getting full, let me tell you. And it's going to keep getting filled because people are getting hungry for the things of the Lord more than the things of the world. You say, Pastor, I'm hungry. we got a great cafe. They do a great job. They can give you something to eat. You say, I'm tired. I have a massage chair on Thursday night sitting right next to me. You can get there and get a massage and feel really good and hear the precious Word of God. The Lord told me to teach on the Holy Spirit for the next couple of weeks. I started this past Thursday. I'm in the book of Joel where the Holy Spirit is being poured out. And he said, I want you every Thursday night to ask the Lord to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. We had 30 people come up this past past Thursday night, almost all of them received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. How many of you believe it can happen again this Thursday? That's not everybody. Come on. How many of you believe it can happen again this Thursday? It can happen to you. Why don't you come? So you can form a cloud over your life. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 5, please. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. You say, Pastor, how can we form a glory cloud? And again, not being weird or anything. How can we have the presence of the Lord, I'll say it that way, form upon our lives and rest on us? Well, there's a few ingredients that we need to have, and they're found here in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Let me give them to you. There's four ingredients that all of us need to be involved in if we're going to see the glory of the Lord rest on us and the presence of the Lord rest on us. 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 1. So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. 
And Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishings, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of God. So the Lord came to Solomon, David's son, and said, I want you to build a house, a temple, a place of worship. And so Solomon said, I'm going to do that. And he built that house of worship. How many of you know it's important for everybody to have a house of worship that they go to and that they worship in and that they are a part of? Listen, don't listen to anybody out there saying, I don't need a church that is unscriptural and it's disobedience. Everybody needs to have a pastor. Everybody needs to be worshiping in the house of the Lord, wherever God calls them to be. And so we see here that Solomon built a temple. Solomon built a temple. Let's look at verses 6 and 7, please. Also, King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled with him before the ark were sacrificing sheep and oxen, and they couldn't be counted or numbered because there were multitudes of them. So there were sacrifices that took place. Then the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord in its place. The ark of the covenant represents the presence of the Lord. Then let's look down, if we could, at verse 13. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, He is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, that the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Wouldn't it be awesome this Thursday night? I try to come to church and I can't get in. You say, why can't you get in? Man, it is filled. There's a cloud in there. What is it? It's the cloud and the presence and the glory and the greatness of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, let us in that we can be under your cloud. Now write these four things down, please. Write these four things down. Four ingredients to form a glory cloud in your life. Number one is this. We all need a house to assemble together in. God came to Solomon and said, there's no place for the children of Israel to assemble. They were meeting in some houses, whatever, but he says, no, I want all of Israel to come, and I want there to be a house. Now, in the Old Testament, the glory of the Lord was in a building. How many of you know the glory of the Lord is not in a building anymore? How many of you know the glory of the Lord is in us and is upon us as believers? So to have the glory of God on us as individuals, as we come together in a house, we need a house to assemble together. The second thing that we need is this. We need the presence of the Lord. Look at verse 5. They brought up the ark, the tabernacle of meeting, and all the holy furnishes that furnishings that were in the tabernacle. So here's Solomon. Today it would be millions of dollars to build what they built back there, the temple. It was a beautiful temple. Man, the furnishings were awesome and wonderful. Gold and silver. It's like a lot of churches across the United States, and they're wonderful. Video screens and nice facilities and cafes and good worship teams, whatever. But you know what? You can come in and have all that and still not have the presence of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How many of you are glad today we can have technology, we can have screens, we can have facilities, we can have cafes, but how many of you are glad we can also have the presence of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be in the midst of ourselves that God can touch and move? So we need a place, and then we need His presence. And then if you'll notice what it says in verse 6, it says there's going to be sacrifices of sheep and oxen that could not be counted or numbered for the multitude. The third thing that is needed to form a glory cloud, the presence of the Lord on your life, on my life, in our services, is that we need to offer the Lord a sacrifice every day. And the word sacrifice isn't just talking about giving some money when you don't have money. It's a sacrifice. It's not talking about living a distance from the church and it's a sacrifice to get there. We're going to get there anyway. The word sacrifice in the Hebrew here means to kill. 
If we are going to see a glory cloud form above us in our personal lives and in our corporate lives as a church, there's some things that we need to kill. You say, what do we need to kill? We need to kill our ego so that we can worship and praise the Lord. We need to kill our flesh that doesn't want us to break out into praise. We need to kill a religious spirit. We want to kill our reputation. We need to kill our title, our position. We need to kill our fears of what people are thinking. Oh, yes, Lord. I'd love to see, not weirdness, we're not going to allow disorder here at CCWC, but I would love to see some of you that I know, I know want to break out in praise, start to break out in praise. I'd love to see, even if I could see some of you that have been here for 20 years, even during this, during a prayer time, during a praise time, bing, bing. Or how about a real fast, put your hands in the air, whoop, 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 Oh, I'd love to see something. The Lord just doesn't want us to hold on to our blue chairs. He doesn't want us to be nutso. He doesn't want us to draw attention to ourselves, but he wants us to come out of ourselves. And he wants us to lift holy hands to him. And he wants us to dance to him. And he wants us to praise him. And he wants us to get on our knees and worship and glorify the King of kings and Lord of lords. So every, I'll just use it on a corporate level. Every day we come together, Sundays and Thursdays, guess what Bill Strayer has to do? I have to kill some things in my life. What are some of the people going to think if they see me jumping around and dancing before the Lord? And I said, Lord, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not trying to draw attention to myself. I'm not being weird. I am here to glorify you and to praise you and to honor you and to magnify you. I need your glory upon me. I need your touch in my life, Lord. So I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you. How about some of you businessmen coming out of yourself and dancing a little bit before the Lord? How about coming up to the mosh pit just a little bit and lifting holy hands? How about some tears in your eyes as you kneel down in your seat or kneel down at this altar? You say, Pastor, I'm not going to do any of that. You are hitting my point. That is a religious spirit. You need to kill that thing that is stopping you, that is hindering you from entering in to praise and worship. You say, why? Because we want to see the glory cloud come. Come on, does anybody want to feel and experience the glory of the Lord? And the last thing we have to do is this. We need every person entering into praise and worship. Look at verse 11. I'll start in verse 13. It came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one. To make one sound. Look at that. To be heard. Everybody was singing. Everybody was praising. Everybody was thanking the Lord. Not yelling. They were praising. They were thanking. They could be heard. When they lifted up their voice, the trumpeters started to play. The cymbals were crashing. The instruments of music were praising the Lord, saying, He is good, and His mercy endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord, was filled with the cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. What has happened in many churches, sometimes including this one, it's not a knock on the church, praise and worship has become a concert where everybody sits back and listens and watches the people that are up here leading us in worship. If I want to go to a concert, I'll pay 20 bucks or whatever, and I'll go to a concert. This is not a concert. We come in not to, to watch these people, not to put our eyes on these people. Our eyes are to be on the Lord. They are leading us to do what? They are leading us to worship and to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hello, anybody here this morning? To worship 
and to praise the King of kings and Lord of lords and to honor him. We are not to be spectators. We are to enter into his courts with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise, and bless his holy name. As soon as that first note hits, I'm here all three services, as soon as that first note hits, guess what? I'm praising him. I'm glorifying him. Doesn't matter how many people are here. Doesn't matter what they think. Doesn't matter what they say. You say, why? Because I want the glory of the Lord to be upon my life. You say, why? Because I need healing. I need help. I need stress to be lifted. I need wisdom. I need to be changed. I need God to touch me and do a work in me. Just think if we would all do that here in every service that we attend. How many of you know the glory cloud would come and fill this place? Come on, give him praise. Your marriage would change. Your life would change. Your house would change. Your couples would change. Your children would change. You would change. You would be healed. You would be ministered to. There would be a difference. God would move and God would touch in a way we've never seen before. The glory of the Lord will be stronger in the days ahead than it was in the past. Come on, anybody want that this morning?